TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Welcome to a special edition of The Permanent Record. I'm Josh Spickler. I'm the executive director of Just City. We're a nonprofit criminal justice reform organization and based in Memphis, Tennessee. The Permanent Record is our podcast about the criminal justice system and how we can work together to make it work better for everyone. We're recording live at Memphis Made Brewing Company in Memphis, Tennessee. We're here helping raise money for the best podcast network in Memphis. The OAM Network. Our audience has been plied with beer, spread out in the cavernous expanse of Memphis-made brewing. Can we hear the audience? Can we hear you? They're here. Our guest, Wendy C. Thomas, needs no introduction. But since I have to introduce her, I'm going to steal an introduction that I heard earlier this week on our local NPR station. Wendy is an award-winning journalist and occasional provocateur. Her latest project, MLK 50, Justice Through Journalism, is a healthy mix of both, and we'll talk a little more about MLK 50 later, but first, welcome Wendy. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for the introduction. Am I on? It's good to have you. Wendy, I feel like you've been a part of my life since I moved to Memphis 23 years ago, but I don't... I don't know if that's accurate. When and how did you get to Memphis? Um, so my family moved to Memphis in 1980 from Ohio, uh, where my dad was a professor at um, Ohio University. And uh, he moved here to get to take a job at then Memphis State University. And I have been here off and on ever since. That's 37 years? Jesus. You you didn't have to do the math. Carry the one. Sorry. But you were a tiny, tiny little child when you came. I was. I was. It's okay. So uh, you moved from Ohio. When did journalism become a thing that interested you? Yeah. So that's a a good question. Um, I went to White Station High School, Go Spartans. Go Spartans. And never worked on the school newspaper, yearbook, any of that. None of that. So it was not on my radar at all. I uh, went away to college at Butler University in Indianapolis. Go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. Uh, with the intention of being a pharmacist like my mom. So my mom is a Butler graduate um, mm. also. So I'm and a, le- and I'm a, a legacy. And right? a pharmacist. She's retired now, but she's a pharmacist. So I was going to follow her footsteps, right? So mm-hmm. I go to Butler. Um, I'm in my freshman calculus class. You know, pharmacy school is like five, six years of math and science. And I'm about to like flunk the hell out of calculus. It's <laughs> this, just, this is why I went to law school. <laughs> it was just ugly. It was ugly. So um, I'd always like to read, been an avid reader all my life. And so I figured like reading and writing were kind of the same thing. They are not necessarily. <laughs> but in my, what, 17-year-old mind, it was, it was close enough. So I uh, switched my major to journalism and fell in love. Yeah. Fell in love. So yeah. thank God for calculus. All right. Amen. I lost a healthy percentage of my Rhodes Scholarship because of a first-year oh, calculus class. Right, right. And see, that was my thing, too. I was there on an academic scholarship. I'm the oldest of four kids, and so I knew that um, I had to keep the scholarship, right? You know, mm-hmm. my mom was a pharmacist at the Med, now Regional Health One, Regional mm-hmm. One Health. Regional One. Um, and so they don't make a lot of 
a whole lot of money. So I really wasn't flunking calculus, but I was going to get a C. And that was going to affect my GPA. And I couldn't let that happen. Right, so. right, right. Well, uh, the, the world of journalism is better for it. For 11 years, you were the Metro columnist at the Commercial Appeal. I was. Uh, you left in 2014. You went to Harvard, I think is I how did. they say it there. Uh, how, how did you get to Harvard? What, what led you to your departure from, uh, from the Commercial Appeal? Uh, well, the, the departure from the Commercial Appeal is too long of a story for, oh, uh, I was hoping for the radio. Would... But it actually involves, I'll just, I'll just tease you this, it involves um, uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest's statue, actually, Ooh. and a rape threat. Oh, my. So that's another story for that's another That's another day. podcast. Yes, another podcast. In a quieter um, venue. Yeah, but um, so how I got to Harvard, uh, so you take a plane from Memphis, <laughs> right? Does it land and in Boston? Go, it, Is that where right. it goes? Yeah. So then you go, so you get in and then you, you buckle mm-hmm. up. Buckle up, sure. And then you sit in there. In case of a water landing, flotation, yeah. and all that. And then you get off the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's that. And, and you're in another state, time zone, right. the whole thing. Right. Actually, you have to go to another plane to another plane because right. it's not direct flights. But... So um, I uh, applied for the Neiman Fellowship at Harvard University. It's a year-long residential fellowship for mid-career journalists. Um, its uh, acceptance rate is, uh, or selection rate, I guess I should say, is actually more competitive than Harvard Law School. Wow. So it was a huge honor to uh, get to do the fellowship. Yeah. And the project that I pitched to get in um, is the project I'm working on now, MLK 50. Wow. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's great. So was it classroom time? Uh, yeah. So we what were, did you do there? Um, so you're on, um, on campus with 23 other Neiman Fellows. Um, you're taking classes anywhere at Harvard that you, that you want. Um, Tufts, MIT. So I studied with uh, Ethan Zuckerman at MIT, who I'm going to tag you in this. Um, and also with uh, Matt Desmond, who is a sociologist, uh, MacArthur genius, Pulitzer Prize uh, winning author of Evicted and took a class from him called Poverty in America that was just really, really great. Really great. Well, and so you, that was a year long, started in 2014. I would say that the timing was probably pretty good right. for a market like Memphis to leave the world of print journalism. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, so and since then even, in the last two years, it's gone through amazing changes. Um, so what, tell, talk about the changes to journalism and... and, and print journalism specifically and journalism more broadly in the last few years? Yeah, so, um, you know, I grew up reading the commercial appeal. um, And the commercial appeal is struggling, I think, like most mid-sized dailies are. There's nothing unique. Um, They just haven't figured out a good business model to make that uh, work. And so, you know, a few months ago, they laid off 23 journalists. Um, they just announced, I think last week, or maybe it was this week, that they're going to sell their building on Union. Um, I just read that they finally gave the journalists that they laid off severance. Um, I think they laid them off in April or maybe end of March. Um, and so, you know, if you picked up the commercial pill lately, it's shrinking, right? It's just fewer fewer um, um, sections, pages, pages. Uh, they're now, publishing now, now in, Jack- in, yeah, in Jackson, Jackson. Right. so they can't even get like late game scores in there. Um, there are still really, really good people um, working at the Commercial Appeal, doing God's work. Um, but it's a struggle, right? We've, we've conditioned people not to pay for the news, right? right? You can get it for free, and so people don't want to pay for it. But journalism is expensive, right? right? You've got to pay somebody to sit through city council meetings, you know, county commission meetings, uh, 
Yeah, and listen to Commissioner Eddie Jones introduce guests I, from the country I, of Africa. I you was know, there gotta, yesterday. And I, and yeah, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> I was at the county commission. You need to pay people to sit there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I encourage people, everyone, you know, subscribe to the paper. If you sure. have a subscription, keep it. Um, you know, there's a reason why... Um, the press is the only business protected by the Constitution, you know, and right. there's a reason why uh, the First Amendment is the first, right? And so this is essential to our dis- democracy, and we can't risk losing it altogether. That's great. Maybe we should end right there. That was really good. <laughs> but I do want to, I, I, I kind of, I think you might have some ideas about how we can preserve journalism in a place like Memphis. I mean, in, a, in, the, in the current political landscape in America, places like the New York Times, uh, are doing really well. The Washington Post, uh, those those guys are really capitalizing on this moment where we depend on the media and journalism and the First Amendment. Uh, what what about Memphis? I mean, are there, I mean, are there business decisions that have been uh, made that are that are taking us down this road? What what is what is your opinion about how yeah. we can do it better in a place like Memphis? So I think for a um Subscription-based news outlet in Memphis to survive. It cannot um, ignore, uh, neglect, disrespect 65% of its population for decades and expect that to thrive, right? And so back when I was at the paper, they, uh, you know, I was in management, so I have, was privy to some of their business strategies. And they, you know, decided to go after um, suburban uh, white readers, right, with higher incomes because that's who the advertisers like and so I get that from a business decision, um, but in a city where the population growth is stagnant and the city is just getting browner and browner, um, it's a de- it's a death sentence, right? And so for them not to realize that on some level, it, it was a mistake. But yeah. I still want them to survive and thrive. Yeah, yeah, of course, it's I think it's critical. So that brings us to your your project, uh, MLK Fifty Justice Through Journalism. Um, what is it? How did it come to be? Um, tell us about what you're trying to do there. Um, here in Memphis. Okay. Yeah, so MLK50, Justice Through Journalism, is an online news project. Um, And uh, when people ask me what my overall goal is, my goal is to dismantle the status quo where it doesn't benefit the majority of um, the community and the majority of the community is black. So uh, we are designed to be disruptive, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's our goal and mission. And we really want to reconnect people with Dr. King's legacy and his dream of economic justice, um, which is what he was focused on in the last you know, years of his life. We're all familiar with the racial justice you know, end of his mission, um, you know, being judged by you know, uh, not the color of your skin, but the contact of your character. But King also said that there needs to be a radical redistribution of, of power um, and wealth in this, in, in this nation. And that's something that we just kind of gloss over. And I, I like to tell people that... Um, in 2018, which will be the 50th anniversary of his assassination, um, no one in Memphis, if I have anything to say about it, is going to be allowed to say that they honor King and, and, and pay their workers, uh, don't pay their workers a living wage or um, support punitive criminal justice policies or other things that really you know, make it hard for our community to grow and thrive. So while we're here, where can people find this? They can go to MLK50.com. We're on Twitter at, at MLK50Memphis. Um, yeah, we, we want your support, right? So if you want uh, 
we're the only local news outlet that's focused on justice issues, right? And so if those things are important to you, we would really appreciate you liking, sharing. We're a nonprofit, so your uh, donations are tax deductible, and, and we need your support. Yeah, so, uh, and, and like that's not enough, that mission right. and, <laughs> and that amount of work. Uh, it seems like it would keep you quite busy. Uh, on top of that, you're a contributor at the Christian Science Monitor. You're working for The Undefeated, which is ESPN's new site on sports, race, and culture. Um, you had a piece recently that I was reading today about basketball and uh, oh, specifically yeah. the Grizzlies. And, and I think the premise was, hey, let's not hide behind the games at the FedEx Forum and how diverse they may be and how good they may make us feel. Um, and I think it was a good example of what you're trying to do here, and that is, um, you know, a, a commentary on Dr. King's dream and why he came to Memphis originally and what, what that meant to Memphis, right. but what we sort of maybe uh, tr- treat it as now. So maybe right. talk a little bit about some of your other work. Uh, and specifically, maybe that piece, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I was writing that piece for the uh, Christian Science Monitor on economic justice, uh, I was able to uh, ride along in a sanitation truck with Cleo Smith. And Cleo oh, wow. Smith is one of the, um, I think it's about five sanitation workers yeah. who was here in 68. So he went on strike, and he's still uh, working for the sanitation part, uh, department. Um, he doesn't make enough to retire, right? And I, I can't believe that King would... Um, be proud of that, right? In a lot of ways, Memphis has made a lot of growth. Uh, the poverty rate for African Americans when he was here was uh, 60%. Now, overall, um, it's this, for the city, it's 30%. But if you look at black children specifically, it's over 40%, right? So how much progress have we really made? And what, do, what have we done with his sacrifice? Right, right. Yeah, tough questions, especially for a brewery on a Thursday night. Yes, <laughs> <Right>? yes. <laughs> but... I think maybe maybe one last question is uh, as trivia wraps up next door. Um, I mean, what what would you say to people who say journalism has one job? That's to report the news, not make commentary, not choose a side. Um, and and your the very name justice through journalism implies that you're you're moving. And you said it yourself. We're here to disrupt. We're here to uh, to do things a little differently. Um, how how do you justify that as a journalist for you know quite some time? Right. No commentary right. on your age, yeah. but I mean you were trained as a journalist and you were trained to be uh, a pair of independent eyes that look at a problem and report it out. How do you how do you how did you get where you are with this project? Right. Right. So I think there's a um, kind of a myth about journalism that it needs to be uh, neutral. Um, what I can what we do is fair. Right. Um, all news outlets uh, have a bias, right? And ours is in favor of justice. And if you don't, you're not a fan of justice, you probably won't like what we would do. And I'm okay with that. Um, but news outlets show you what they think is important by how they allocate their resources. So if you look, read the commercial appeal and they have several people covering, covering the Grizzlies game, that's what they're saying is important, right? We're being upfront and saying what we think is important is uh, equity and fairness um, and justice, right? And so that is our slant. Um, people may not like what, how we say what we say, um, but we don't make uh, apologies for that. Yeah. Right. Great. And what we say is factual, right? So uh, you may disagree with it, but the facts, those remain the same. I'm still a journalist. Right. I'm still a journalist. And we appreciate that. And we thank you for your work. Just City, a big fan uh, of what you're doing and are glad you're back in Memphis. Yeah. 
We're so glad you came back from Harvard. Got on. I guess you got on a plane to come back. Two planes. The, oh, two, two planes. planes. Right, two because there are no back. direct flights no direct from flights. Memphis anymore. Yeah, I'll fix that. Well, please. we're glad you came back, and we're glad you spent some time with us here tonight as part of the OAM Network. Uh, Shout out. Family OAM. of podcasts. So that was Wendy Thomas in conversation and on the permanent record. Thank you very much, Wendy, for uh, coming here. Special thanks to Gil and Carla Worth and all the great people at the OAM Network. Our song coming in was uh, from Jeff Hewlett, She Got Gone. It's original theme music for the permanent record. Uh, I saw some uh, silent auction uh, gifts from Jeff. Uh, me and Leah are playing a show tomorrow night at America Photo. Uh, if you're in here tonight, you should probably go there tomorrow. If you're not, you should check out me and Leah on SoundCloud. They're fantastic. Look for them live around town. I'm Josh Spickler. This is The Permanent Record, a production of Just City. Learn more about our work at justcity.org. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at justcity901. Make sure you subscribe to The Permanent Record on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating. Tell us how we're doing. It helps build our audience. Thanks again to Wendy Thomas. In a Just City, we listen and we speak up. Our thanks to you for doing both. The proceeding is an OWN production. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com. Have an idea for a podcast? Email info at theoamnetwork.com today and pitch your podcast.